It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to The Hangover. I'm your host, Daniel, alongside with me, Shannon White, as always. Shannon, how are you doing? And happy late Father's Day. Well, like I wished you early today, a happy belated Father's Day to you as well. Had That's a great cool. time, great weekend, and uh, just blessed. And uh, and hopefully all the other fathers here in our community had a great one as well. Yeah. Did you do anything special for the for the holiday? Well, I uh, went out to a new barbecue place my son found, and it was really, uh-huh. really good. And we we looked around and, and traveled some new places there on uh, Saturday. And then yesterday, I had my father-in-law here and family, and we I grilled out steaks. And so we just had a great weekend. Nice, man. Nice. Yeah, we kind of did the same. I mean, we had a, a little get-together. We had some uh, family get-together, but that was on Saturday. And then mm-hmm. yet, uh, yesterday for Sunday, we did... I had a service church and then um, uh, I ended up having to take my daughter to her mom, my older daughter to her mom. So I spent majority of that day traveling, but it's good <laughs> to be back home. Yes. Um, you know, got I'm to, glad to have you back this week. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I had an emergency dog surgery and that <laughs> one happened. My dog's good. He's in good hands. It's just uh, that was the only time that they could put him in, uh, but he's doing well. He's 100% on his road for recovery. We love uh, but our on. Doggies. Huh? What's that? We love our doggies. Oh, yeah, 100%, man, especially the wifey. She's, you know, we have uh, like five of them, so it <laughs> <laughs> uh, can get a little hectic. Oh, but yeah. um, we got some breaking news today. We got a lot of Steelers news. And first and foremost, let's talk about the one that is rumored, hasn't happened yet. Anthony Miller, the Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver, the first free agent signed uh, this offseason by the Pittsburgh Steelers. It appears that he may be on his way out uh, out the door uh, in a in a text thanking Pittsburgh or in a tweet. I'm sorry, thanking Pittsburgh. Uh, n- nothing official yet, but do you see this as a uh, as what's going on here? He's on his way out the door. Well, reading the tea leaves, they had one position open, and they mm-hmm. signed two guys, which we'll get to today. Right. So we knew they had to make another corresponding move, and then that tweet comes out. So it doesn't really surprise me or shock me because as I've been saying, you know, on our show all off season, even back in when OTAs first kicked off the first week, he was dealing with a hamstring injury. Right. Some guys, you know, he, he is just absolutely jacked. He's ripped up shred. It looks like Spider-Man, mm-hmm. but he can't stay healthy. And availability is the best ability. 
and you're going nowhere without it. And, and he, he gets hurt just so frequently. And it's a shame because when he has had a little bit of a healthy stretch in Chicago, he was productive, but right. I, I, I kind of seen the handwriting on the wall. Yeah, I, I did too. I mean, especially once we saw that, like you mentioned right there, that the Pittsburgh Steelers ended up signing or looking to sign. I'm not sure if it's official on the second one uh, to be signing two players that was going to put them over the 90 man limit. Uh, I was a little bit surprised at it being um, Miller, given the fact, like we stated before, the Steelers were very, you know, enthused. They were excited about this player. They brought him in last year. He got hurt. They signed him very quickly in free agency to this year. And you know, unfortunately, he gets off. You know, he's not going to make it on the field. But the other thing that that possibly could tell me is that maybe the receivers or the receiving, you know, room is doing very well that they don't need an Anthony Miller in there. That they got some uh, some depth there. And, and I think that the, the it's a solid room. I, I think that there isn't a clear-cut, you know, wide receiver one. I think, you know, Deontay Johnson's probably um, closest to uh, that right now in that in that room. But I don't think, you know, losing an Anthony Miller changes any of that dynamic or, or any of those things. Um, but as you mentioned, the Pittsburgh Steelers signed two players. The first one, uh, they signed a long snapper, Rex uh, Sonahara. Uh, to me, that just kind of tells me that they may not be pleased with Koontz as a long snapper. What do you think about that? Well, there was talk early in camp, uh, I mean, early in OTAs, that they were wanting to bring in competition Mm -hmm. for uh, maybe all their special team specialists. But I heard Christian Koontz mention specifically. So that did not surprise me. Uh, Rex... um, Sunahara has been with the Steelers before on the practice squad. So they obviously kind of know what to expect with him. And they must have thought enough of him to bring him back uh, to be some camp competition. Because that's anytime you're going to play the style of offense the Steelers are looking to play, mm-hmm. you've got to have a clean unit. It's got to be a clean snap, clean hold, clean kick. And last year they struggled with that. They missed more field goals, I think, than anybody in the league. Uh, and sometimes it was bad snap. Sometimes Boswell just missed it. So, right. and, and then they're also looking to improve the punting because they brought Harvin in some competition. And man, so I think that you know they realized that field position and capitalizing on every scoring opportunity is going to be very crucial. The way this offense is set up this year. No, 100%. I agree. And and you you brought up Koontz and that there was some conversation. I think that conversation was the snaps were a little bit off. They weren't perfect. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you look at the, the process of the kicking game, like you mentioned, uh, the snap being the first part of that process has to be has to be, you know, yep. perfect or at <laughs> least close to because if not, it'll create a domino effect. And like you mentioned, the Steelers did miss a lot more field goals. There were a few botched punts. Uh, they did bring in competition across the board. Uh, I, I think that this one's probably going to be the the closest competition or p- potentially mm. could see somebody change. I do think Presley Harvin ends up beating out man, and I think Boss takes it as well. But this one is going to be interesting. Uh, the next position that the Pittsburgh Steelers addressed or are addressing <clears throat> is the inside linebacker position. Uh, it appears that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be signing uh, Nick uh, Kwiatkowski, uh, inside mm-hmm. linebacker. Apparently, you've had a you know he's he's played in the league with a couple of different teams, but you have, you have a pretty good insight about this player. Tell us about him. Well, Nick Kwiatkowski was with the West Virginia Mountaineers for mm-hmm. four years. So for four years, I butchered his name. <laughs> I, I really did. I butchered it. I said it all different kind of ways. So finally, when he was getting ready to go to the NFL. I, I looked it up, made sure I was pronunciating it correctly. But uh, <laughs> Kwiatkowski's been with three teams. He was drafted in the fourth round in 2016 by the Bears. Played four years with the Bears. Then got a really good contract to go to the Raiders. And he started all 16 games one year for the Raiders. Um, and then, you know, he had his best season. Then the next year, he dealt with a little bit of injuries and started about half the games. Then he signed last year with the Atlanta Falcons. Now, he is not a great athlete. He is a very uh, 
He's a hard worker. He's a high character guy. I think he will fit in great as that third or fourth linebacker on the depth chart. What's so funny is the Steelers lost Robert Spillane in free agency. And the guy they're bringing in, Nick Kwiatkowski, is very similar. He has similar limitations. He's a little bit more instinctual in coverage than Spillane was. And he's not quite as physical against the run as Spillane. So maybe his skill set is actually a slightly better fit for the Steelers and what they're needing than what Spillane would have been. Because we know that Landon Roberts and Mark Robertson can kind of already give the Steelers that physicality that Spillane brought. So Kukowski is a little bit of both. He's kind of in the middle. To me, he plays a little bit like Joe Sherbert. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what people need to expect. But he's also, just like Tanner Muse, he's a great special teams guy. And that was his main role for the Falcons last year. So I think the Steelers have really done a great job of replacing Spillane on the depth chart and Marcus Allen on special teams. Well, that makes a lot of sense. You know, and like you mentioned, you know, special teams is a huge, you know, contributor for this team. I know that the NFL and the league seem to try to be uh, doing away with it or doing their best to do away with it. Uh, but it's still a facet of the game and it's still currently, you know, going on and it is an important fa- uh, factor for this game. And so, you know, getting him in there, I, I find that to be incredibly useful. But, you know, it's a little bit, um, I don't know, uh, I'm a little bit unimpressed, I guess. You know, I think, you know, when you look at the inside linebacker position, in my opinion, it's a bunch of stopgap stop cap, cap guys. There isn't any true answer there. Uh, these are some fill-in space, you know, some bridge sort of players, so to speak. Um, you know, I, I don't see anybody out there that's that, you know, and, I'm not, and I understand Shazier was a generational talent. He was on his way. The trajectory that he was going was 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 heading in the in that direction of probably being in in uh, in the Hall of Fame one day, uh, if it weren't have been for his injury. And and I understand that you're not going to find one of those guys, but we haven't even came close. And the Steelers, you know, this position is, in my opinion, a little bit just kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Anticlimactic? There it is. That's <laughs> <word>. <laughs> uh, basically, everything I was trying to say was that. Anticlimactic. It, it, it just kind of feels like, you know, I mean, maybe perhaps a Quan Alexander there, I think would have felt a little bit better. Uh, but it is what it is. I, I think at this point in free agency and in the offseason, uh, I guess the Steelers kind of have to wait until anybody unexpected gets cut. But do you think the Steelers are done making moves in the inside linebacker position? I think they are for right now. I think it will depend on as the, you start getting to the release dates and cut down days, if somebody mm-hmm. hits, which well, they've done that in the past, and it's hard to get a guy in and get them up to speed to where they can really contribute. And. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I can still see because Colin and he's always going to have his eyes open and, you know, do his due diligence and turn over every stone. He's going to find if there's a guy that can help the stewards, he'll even during this five weeks of inactivity till camp opens, they're still going to be doing their work. I, they're not really going to be going on vacation. That's just not how the, some, the players are, but not not uh, the front office. So. I think that the Steelers hit rock bottom last yeah. year, uh, well, the last couple of years, at the inside linebacker position. It was the worst I can remember in, mm-hmm. in my lifetime. And I think they said, okay, we're not one to overspend on any one position. And the guys that they could bring in that would have been a huge, massive upgrade, uh, most of them had a huge price tag. And the Steelers, like, we're trying to – we got so many positions – so we're going to spread that out. Mm-hmm. And I think they did a brilliant job. They bring in Cole Holcomb, who has a real opportunity to, to thrive in Pittsburgh's defense as mm-hmm. that Mac linebacker. So I think he's going to be a massive upgrade, if healthy, which, you know, right. that's with anybody. Landon Roberts is going to bring a physicality that the Steelers did not have last year. And he is a high-effort guy. Usually in coverage, when he struggles, it's because he overruns it or, you know, he was he was too amped up and missed mm-hmm. the tackle. But it's not a watch and 
and and being leery of contact like what they dealt with last year with Butch. And he's going to be a great example and a mentor to Mark Robertson. So now you bring in uh, Kwiatkowski, and he's going to be able to be that quality guy, fill in a few snaps a game, and be a strong special teams guy. And he's also a leader. Mm-hmm. All these guys have leadership ability. So I think they've upgraded. They don't have a stud yet. They don't, you know, maybe Holcomb can become that. Maybe right. Robertson. I'm not putting any limitations on what he'll become down the road. But for this season, right now, it's an unknown. Yeah. But I would like to see, uh, and it wouldn't shock me. Let's say a guy like Chad Muma becomes available in Jacksonville for his trade possibility. Uh, a guy that I really thought would be a great fit with the Steelers last year, but Jacksonville drafted him. Um, there is ways to get guys that, you know, can be that next star inside linebacker. Uh, right. It doesn't have to be another Ryan Shazier because Ryan Shazier was a unicorn. Right. Guys don't run like that at inside linebacker. He's the fastest inside linebacker uh, ever. As far as I know, he was 40 time at the combine. So, um, so you know, you, you can't find that, but you can find other guys, as you say, who are generational. Right. And uh, they, Shazier looked like he was going to become. So um, I, I'm, I'm excited about the inside linebacker position. I think it, it has a, the biggest opportunity for variance. It's either going to be really, really good, or it could be not what they're expecting. It'd still be an issue this season. But we're hoping it's at least somewhere in the middle. Right, right, exactly. Do you, I still see the middle linebacker, or the inside middle linebacker position as the weakest amongst the defense. I think that the uh, the front, uh, the defensive line, the line, the outside linebackers are probably the strength followed by the defensive backs. Uh, I think that although they've lost a lot of positions there and there's a lot of new players there, they've been able to um, replace, you know, like a Cam Sutton with a Patrick Peterson, mm-hmm. draft a, a Joy Porter Jr. and a Corey Trice to at this point appear to be uh, as advertised, so to speak. I mean, you know, we'll see what happens when they put on the pads. Uh, but for the most part, I think that they're going to end up, those positions were addressed with high um, draft picks in Joy Porter and, you know, you have somebody as a mentor like Patrick Peterson, as I mentioned, the inside linebacker position was overhauled. And I still feel it's a little bit like you mentioned, anti-climatic. I think it's probably the weakest position on the defense. But I think that it's probably going to be the most improved. I mean, you can't get much. You can't get worse than last year. Right. So it's got to be going up in the right direction. I think the healthy front defensive line is really going to be, you know, their best friend, though. And, you know, clearing up things up in the front, you know, having a, a Larry Ogunjobi up there, a uh, Keanu Benton, you know, if he's as advertised as well, um, Cam Hayward, uh, those guys are going to keep those, you know, inside linebackers clean and make their jobs a little bit easier. Uh, I'm excited to see what they're able to do. But, you know, like I mentioned, maybe something else happens. Uh, maybe maybe they're looking at that position for the future. Maybe that's something they addressed in the draft mm. later on and just need something to fill in the space, so to speak. Um, but as far as, you know, today's topic, we're going to be t- discussing what makes a successful season for the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2023. Last season, uh, they went nine and eight, missed the playoffs by, uh, by a game or so, you know, game, they mm-hmm. had one game and they would have been in. Um, had the Jets done what they were supposed to have done, uh, the Steelers would have been in as well. Now, um, <clears throat> for you, Shannon, do the Steelers have to get number seven, or ho- hoist the Lombardi for it to be a successful season in 2023? Or what are some of the real realistic expectations to have? Yeah, I've, there was a couple of seasons with the Killer Bees that I would have said that winning the Lombardi trophy and bringing number seven home would have been, you know, the only way to have a truly successful season. But right. you know, when you have a franchise quarterback, uh, all world running back and, you know, the best wide receiver in the game at that time, that offense was loaded. They had a great line too, but right. they just could never get the couple of defensive pieces they needed to put them over the top. And ever it seemed like they was, whether it was the catch, it wasn't a catch, whether it was a 
Burfett tackle on Bell a couple years to put him out in the, for the playoffs. Uh, there was always an injury here or there. They never had a full allotment of players in these playoff games that they lost. Uh, so now, without the franchise quarterback, it you cannot say, well, they have to win a Lombardi to have a successful season. This is about the next step in the process. They actually accelerated their rebuilding process after being left by having a couple of really strong free agency uh, classes and draft classes. And they're still adding, and they're still, like we said, they totally revamped the inside linebacker position. And uh, I think on defense, my thing is the inside linebackers are maybe the biggest question mark, but I think they could potentially be one of the better units. Much improved from last year. The only thing I would say is strong safety is my concern on the defensive side of the ball is, is it truly been upgraded or are they just treading water for a season? Right. Uh, because we'll see how it works and how it looks because there's going to be a lot of defensive changes. This season is all about Kenny Pickett taking the next step in his development. Now, we know he's clutch, and that is not going anywhere. We know he's got great leadership. We hear about him going out and to the weekly dinners with the offensive linemen. And, you know, he's he's a lot like being that way. Is he he wants them to understand how much he respects them and he realizes how important they are to anything he's going to accomplish. And the hard work ethic and the film study, and he's all those things. Things that Ben was not as a young man at all. So uh, Kenny Pickett is that – he can take that next step. And even if they don't – make a deep playoff run. If we see that progress in his confidence that he can put points on the scoreboard, be more aggressive in the red zone area, but also protect the ball, you know, have good ball security. It's, it's a tight rope. It's, you know, it's kind of, you know, you might throw an interception or turn the ball over and and it, it, you know, depending on the situation in the game, it might've been worth the effort, you know, the try. But you've got to be smart with the football. And last year, he he was a little reckless, and then he became overly cautious. This year, he needs to find a peaceful medium. And he's going to be in an offense that he's not set up for big numbers. He's not going to put up 5,000 yards. And, you know, they're going to want to run this football. They're going to want to possess the football. They're going to want to wear teams down. And then he's just got to make those big passes when the opportunity presents itself. So, you know, the play action, when you get it, when you work a guy open, you got to hit that pass. When you get to the red zone, you got to, you got to put it in there, whatever. And I think he's capable of that. Um, So that is what I'm looking for to qualify as a successful season. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. I think that, you know, the Steelers have to, for me to, you know, qualify them as successful season is seeing them move in the right, you know, right step in the right direction, seeing progress in some of those key positions. You know, this offensive line is still relatively new to each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we want to see that chemistry build and then become, you know, not just cohesive, but also become one of the uh, stronger units, not just on the team, but in the league. And, you know, I think that they have the players and, and the right coach and Pat Meyer to accomplish those type of things. Uh, and they got a great running back tandem in Najee Harris and Jalen Warren that if they continue doing what they did last season and continue the trajectory and stay healthy, which I think is probably going to be the key or the biggest piece of that or biggest component in that equation, I think that's going to help them continue and that's going to work better for a second year Kenny Pickett. And as you mentioned, I mean, it's going to be huge for him to take that next step forward. This there's not really like an excuse, not just on on his aspect, but also on on, on the offense with Matt Canada or anybody. This is a full off season with Kenny Pickett under helm and a full off season where you have your offensive coordinator picking the brain of the, uh, of the quarterback to figure out, you know, likes, dislikes, comforts, discomforts, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in my opinion, it should be a step forward. Now, is it going to be a step to where I think they're going to have, they're going to hoist that Lombardi at the you know, end of the season? I would hope so, but I'm not going to put all my eggs in that basket. Not yet. And I'd like to see some things first. You know, I want to see it plan out. I want to see it, you know, there's, 
there's a term called paper champs for a reason. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? You know, Are you talking one... about the Cleveland Browns? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can put a team together and everything else. They still got to put it together. And so, um, you know, we want to see it happen. But I think that there's no excuse for this team. And I think that they have to win for this to be a successful season, in my opinion, at least 10 games, get back into mm-hmm. double digit and at least win one playoff game, whether it's a, you know, wild card game. I, 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 I hope they end up winning the division, but that's going to be a tough task against the uh, a Cincinnati Bengals team. Uh, right now they've done it two years in a row. They've um, made it to either the uh, Super Bowl or the championship in the last couple of years. And so, you know, the Steelers got to knock them off. And uh, until they go in there and, and prove that they can do so, uh, you know, convincingly, uh, then we got to give them their respect. And so with that being said, I think that if the Steelers can win a playoff game and get out of that slump. I think the last time they won a playoff game was in the, t- the 2017 divisional game against the Chiefs. So that was quite a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, this this is uh, – you know, it's gotten to the point where people have started to make, you know, a joke about the standard being, you know, good during the year and, and not being able to do anything in the playoffs. And that needs to change. And I, I, I could see this year being, you know, a year that that does. And um, I'm looking forward to it. So we're going to take a quick break. When we get back on the other side, we're going to talk about takeaways and players that uh, are going to be important to the Pittsburgh Steelers so that they end up achieving that goal, achieving at least a playoff victory and and making the playoffs. On the YouTube side, stay right there. On the audio side, just a few words from our uh, sponsors. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back to The Hangover, y'all. I'm Daniel alongside with me and Shannon. Um, this is The Hangover on Steel Curtain Network. If you guys, I know you guys are watching this on YouTube, but if you want to you know, catch up on all of our coverage uh, from Steel Curtain Network, check us out on the podcast side. There is multiple podcasts that come out daily. Uh, I have an audio-only podcast that airs out on Saturday. Go check that out. If you hadn't checked it out already, uh, you get Jeff Hartman, you get uh, Brian Anthony Davis, you get uh, uh, Dave Schofield, uh, so many other guys that you already are familiar seeing. Uh, you can hear more of their content on the audio side. So make sure you go check them out. Uh, and there's also articles that are being written at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Uh, Shannon, have you put anything out here recently or have anything coming out for the uh, website? Well, my last one was Friday, 
But uh, I am writing, working on an article about why can't the Steelers contend this season? And right. talk about, you know, a lot of teams that have made it to the Super Bowl in recent seasons have kind of, you know, surprised people, maybe come out of nowhere. Some teams were built specifically to compete that season. We think of Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You think of the Los Angeles Rams. Those teams were built to compete. And, you know, it was unique circumstances. But you take the Cincinnati Bengals and Burrow's second season, nobody was expecting that. So teams, it's the way the league's set up now for parity. If you hit, like even the Philadelphia Eagles last year, the, they built a great roster, but we know Hertz was the question. He had, right. he had not established himself. Well, he definitely did last year, was in the MVP running and got him to the Super Bowl. So those things happen. Uh, you have to build the roster, and then you got to get the quarterback play. And I think the Stewards are close to having that complete roster, and now it's up to Kenny Pickett. <clears throat> but that's yeah. my next article, so. I look forward to reading it and you guys can go check that out at behindthesteelcurrent.com yes that website does still exist so Pittsburgh Steelers in order for it to be a successful season in our eyes we're looking at you know playoff bound playoff win at the very minimum what are some things that need to happen throughout the, the season for that to be possible three takeaways so to speak for you Shannon that have to occur for that to be a a true statement. Well, this goes in line with what I was talking about before the show is I wanted to put this out there for you as well. And I want to see what our answers is and what the community thinks Mm -hmm. to me, the, there is three things like who's the three key components to the Steelers having a successful season. And first and foremost is TJ Watt. We have seen that without what, even the other superstars do not are not as effective. They do not play on the same level because teams can focus more on them and it hinders their production. So TJ Watt, if you're just saying who is the most valuable player in the NFL each year, in my opinion, you have to say TJ Watt because a lot of these other teams, even without their superstar quarterback, can still win games, as we've seen the 49ers do and the Eagles are set up to do. And But the Steelers, for whatever reason, with T.J. Watts out, they're non-competitive. Right. Um, the next guy, and number two, is Kenny Pickett. Because to me, Kenny Pickett is that unanswered question. When you have a strong roster and you're, you're getting there, do you have the quarterback to – lead that roster and make those clutch plays the winning plays. Because as we know, that's what matters. It's not the statistics. A lot of bad quarterbacks put up big statistics. Kirk Cousins comes to mind. But yeah. winning is what matters. And everybody says, well, that shouldn't be a, a, a statistic that counts against a quarterback. Well, I'm sorry, it does. Because if you look at the greats, the only great that people are going to sit back and say, well, he was a great quarterback, and that's Dan Marino. Most guys that were considered great quarterbacks, all of them quarterbacks, was able to get their team to at least the Super Bowl and win one at some point. So Kenny Pickett is that second guy. Then the third guy for importance on this team, it's it's like, who is that guy? You know, I mean, we there's always these three guys. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can't really say a coach. Um, you know what I'm saying? Um, so the third guy to me is Isaac Samalu. Mm -hmm. The reason it's Samalu is because the weakness the Steelers have had now for about four or five years has been the offensive line. And we started to see improvement last year. Well, what was the weak spot left side? Mm -hmm. Now, was it more Dan Moore or was it more Kevin Dodson? Was it a combination of both? But if you go back and you watch, there was so many times that Dodson blew his assignment. So many times that he did not work in conjunction well with Moore or with Cole. And, you know, so here was Moore trying to 
take care of the outside rush, and he would get beat back to the inside because he's thinking he's going to have some help. And more, and Dots is not even paying attention, and and he's over here doing a double team with Coleman. It wasn't even necessary, and they give you know Pickett about got killed a couple of times. Yeah, you know, he he got injured. So I think Samalu is going to elevate that whole group. He's the oldest. He's the veteran. He's the most accomplished. He is fundamentally sound, which is going to help Cole, and it's going to help whoever is playing left tackle. It makes a world of difference. And if they do that, then that's going to make Kenny Pickett's job that much easier because a comfortable quarterback is a confident quarterback, and you need that to take that next step in the development. Now, those are my three guys. Now, you can agree with them, or you might have somebody different, but I wanted to see what you thought and what our viewers thought. So, for me, when it comes to just three players um, that probably hold – uh, the success of the season, you know, in their place, so to speak, or have probably the more importance. I can't, I can't argue with the first two. T.J. Watt, his health. I mean, when he's in the game, the Steelers win. When he's not, they don't. I mean, that's just plain and simple. And then, you know, with Kenny Pickett, I mean, he's the guy that on the offensive side of the ball is going to you know, touch the ball every play, and mm-hmm. and is going to have a huge, you know, be a decision factor as far as where the ball goes and the delivery of that ball. And so those two aspects obviously are probably the biggest, you know, component to that. Uh, just for the sake of being, I guess, a little bit different, I, I do sort of agree with Sayomalu on the line aspect. I would think that, um, for me though, on, on that offensive line, I'm going to look at the left tackle position. Uh, I, I don't know, you know, I, I'm looking at the position as just that. Not so much a player, but the left tackle position has to be a good one. Whether it's Dan Moore or Broderick Jones or the combination of the two, whether it's starting off Dan Moore uh, and then moving on to Broderick Jones later on. However, if Dan Moore is doing good, I don't know if you want to screw that up or screw up that chemistry at that point. Uh, but I think that the left tackle position is going to be highly important. You know, when you, when you look at what the Steelers did last season, <clears throat> when it came to their offensive tackles, uh, PFF had came out and they had, they had uh, indicated that the Steelers protected their tackles more than majority of the NFL teams that were out there. You know, that had two different, um, you know, uh, effects on the team. One, it limited um, what you could do passing the ball because you were having to utilize an extra tackle or bring in a tight end to help out the tackle to to protect and or it also made you a little bit more uh predictable because when you had those sets that were coming in uh you the defense could possibly tell hey they're going to run the ball in this situation or even if they do pass the options of who they're going to throw the ball to are limited and so i think that that really knocked down the pittsburgh steelers quite a bit as far as what they were able to do offensively they had to simplify the offense because you had a rookie quarterback and a lot of young players offensively and then you also had to help out your tackles. It was really not the best answer. So if they can get some solid play out of their left tackle position where uh, they can utilize, you know, that another passing route versus having to protect him, and they can also, you know, keep Kenny upright, I think that that bodes well completely for the team and will help out just not, not even just, you know, passing the ball but also running the ball. Another player, in my opinion, that's going to have to have a big year, and that's going to it's going to be Najee Harris. Um, mm-hmm. The last year, they were running the ball effectively at the second half of the season, but that first half of the season, when he was, you know, not available and or injured, going through injury, or he was not, you know, in the uh, you know had the chemistry with his offensive line, that running game really suffered. It was anemic, and I mean, the entire offense was horrible. Once they started getting going and started moving in in the right direction, that's when um, I think that this offense started to really move in the right trajectory. Now, what's important for me is when it comes to Najee, he's going to be health. He's been very durable up to this point in his career. Uh, I don't know how many running backs have had, you know, the ability to play every single game in their first two seasons completely. And how long that that, and you can expect that to happen where, you know, a person that's continually getting the ball in the manner that he does stays healthy. And so uh, I think him being durable and and him playing uh, a 
you know, at a at a high performance level and also being able to take a little bit of a load off with Jalen Warren coming in. I think that's going to do well for this team and for the success of this team. And on the defensive side, we talked about the inside linebacker position. I think Cole Holcomb is a guy that's going to really have to step up. Um, he's a guy that the Steelers gave somewhat of a bag to. They signed him for three years. They expect him to be around for a while and at least mm -hmm. be a contributor for the next few years. So we're going to have to see him come up and, and take a step forward, especially with a healthy uh, defensive front. Larry Ogunjobi's healthier than he was last season. Uh, TJ Watt obviously is going to be healthier than he was last season. Uh, we can hope and assume that with Keanu Benton and um, Larry Ogunjobi and even Martavius Adams and uh, DeMarvin Leal, that that can kind of sort of take the load off of Cam Hayward and allow to, you know, extend his high performance play throughout the entire season instead mm -hmm. of having him play so much. So those are the guys that I, I think of not to be too long winded. Uh, <laughs> I hope it all makes sense. Now you said something very, um, it was very informative and it's also something that we need to keep in mind. The offense was very predictable. Right. And part of the reason why is they were, they used miles Boykin and they used Gunnar Sevsky as that third or the slot guy to block on a lot of these plays even though they was already given assistance, sometimes in the heavy package, when they bring in another lineman or they put a tight end out there on the left side to help out. And when they were in these packages, they never threw the ball to Boykin and Osevsky. They was right. Osevsky did a few jet sweeps, uh, but they did not throw to them guys. So that was basically like playing 10 on 11. Those guys, if it was a pass play, they didn't even have to worry about covering them. And it was that ridiculous. This year, you've got Darnell Washington. You've got CA3. You've got Connor Hayward. You, you've got um, – they're wanting to get Harris and Warren on the field at the same time. Yeah. This year, that strategy, the defensive strategy the teams used against the Soros last year should be highly exploitable. And I think they're, we're going to see a more – dangerous, more creative offense, and an mm -hmm. offense that's more aggressive looking to take advantage of those plays. I mean, there's, you know, Boykin was talking this week, and he was like, I'm a receiver first and foremost. He's having to remind people, yeah, I'm not just a, a big guy, a blocker comes in there on running downs. I'm not just the gunner on special teams. I'm a receiver. But people forget because they never threw him the ball last year. So. Right. I am expecting uh, a lot of improvement there. Uh, and so much of that stems from that offensive line. And and if the offensive line can hold up their end of the bargain, you have a quarterback confident to take his turnings back to the defense and set up play action, sell it. In the past, man, you couldn't sell a play action because you knew in two seconds you're getting ready to get run over. Mm -hmm. So I think that will improve. This year, and like you said, that that makes them offensive line. So, like you said, left tackle, it makes it very crucial to yeah. any progress they make this year. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, if the Steelers are going to move forward and they're going to be able to be, you know, more creative or or want things to develop down the field, because that's been, I guess, the biggest complaint, right? That there's not enough development down the field. There's not enough creativity, uh, things of that nature when it comes to this offense. Uh, well, they're going to be able to have to handle, you know, helmet on a helmet, man on man situations yeah. in the blocking department and not have to utilize so many players just for the protection aspect to run a play that is, you know, over in two point or out of the quarterback's hand in, in less than three seconds. And so, yeah. uh, you know, those things have to move in that direction. Um, the last thing that I, I wanted to talk to you before, you know, we let everybody go and everything is who are three players or three, yeah, three players that you think could surprise everybody uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, whether it's positive, negative, however you want to spin it. But are there three players that are on this team that could be a surprise? Yes, I think, well, there's at least three. But uh, <laughs> I, I immediately think about running back three position right. because the Steelers have Anthony McFarland. 
a guy that we were all excited about because he brought a speed element and he's just never been able to put it together. But last year when Harris was hurt and Warren was still new, they used Benny Snell and they used McFarland. Like I remember specifically in the Colts game and he had his best games as pro. Both of them did because the offensive line had improved to the, the best they'd been since either guy had been there. So that matters. So now the offensive line should be even better this year. So maybe McFarland will be able to use that speed and not trip over grass or his own feet, which has been a problem. But they also have Alonzo Graham, who is a from Morgan State, who's a been brought in after rookie camp, and he looks like he has uh, some burst. He's got special teams ability. He's got uh, ability to catch the ball out of the backfield or to be split out. Um, so he's going to give Anthony McFarland some run for his money. And then they got that, I think his name's Derek Hagans, another mm-hmm. young free agent who says, I've got speed. And when we get to camp, I'm going to show it. Now, we haven't got to see him yet, but we'll get the first glimpse when camp rolls around. But right. these are three guys that can really surprise people and that especially if the Steelers are going to use – I'd like to see a 60-40 split between Harris and Warren. Right. Kind of like the Cowboys used Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard last year. It kept both guys fresh, but they are a contrast there in their styles. And if you're going to want to go run heavy, you want to have two guys and not wear anybody down. Harris's rookie year, he had almost 400 touches. I think it was crazy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now you you want to make sure he stays fresh and can come in there and pound the, the other team, especially if they have a lead late. Right. So uh, I think that, that they might only keep three running backs, but whoever that running back three is, is going to be more important than people realize. Another pleasant surprise, I think, is going to be Connor Hayward. Because yeah. Connor Hayward is going to be the H-back. He's going to be a blocking fullback at times. He's going to be that third tight end in some of them packages. Because they can move him all over, he can do jet sweeps. He can work the same as we seen him do last year. Now, with a more versified offense and an improved offensive line, he should have even more options. So, uh, I, I expect a big step forward from him. And he's a good special teams player. So, he's right. able to replace Derek Watt on all levels because it isn't like he's not a good special teams player because he is. Right. The other surprise that it may be a pleasant surprise, um, you know, the potentials there would be for a guy like a Tanner Muse uh, to be that coverage linebacker to a point that the Steelers fans, we were all kind of concerned about. Because coming out as a, as a hybrid player from Clemson, that's what he did in college. Now, he's not really – he's been a terrible fit when he went to the Raiders and then the Seahawks. He did not fit their schemes. I think he's a much better fit for the Steelers. And I could see him being that guy to come in with 4-4-1 speed and to use it certain t- uh, coverages as a coverage linebacker uh, because I think Holcomb's going to stay out there a good bit. Oh yeah. yeah. Um he, he's got decent speed, quickness, lateral movement, but Muse is even faster. So that would be great if that works out. He, he I believe he'll be a good special teamer regardless. Uh, but it would really help if he could give them some of that coverage that they've lacked for the last few years. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah, and for me, like you know, when it came to my three players, I had Connor Hayward also on my list just because of the fact that, you know, like you mentioned, he's going to be like a Swiss army knife type of player on the offense. He's going to be utilized in a lot of different places. And I think he's going to be a mismatch nightmare when he, with what he's utilized that and where he's utilized, he's not your traditional, you know, tall tight end, uh, but he's got the ability to catch and and has some sweet hands. Uh, He's very quick and, and, you know, he has some moves with the ball in his hand, you know, run after the catch type of mm-hmm. situations. You know, being a former running back, he's got that vision. And so I think he's going to be a huge surprise for a lot of players or a lot of people. 
maybe not for Steeler fans. I think we're all, you know, seeing the writing on the wall when it comes to, you know, the mismatches that he's going to be able to be, uh, that he's going to be able to create. Another guy that I think is going to be a surprise. And again, this is probably more of a surprise to the rest of the NFL, not so much Steeler fans, but I think it's going to be Calvin Austin. There's been a lot of talk about his speed, a lot of talk about how they're going to utilize him inside and outside. I think he's going to be in the slot. I think he's also going to move to the outside. He burned Patrick Peterson down the sideline on a one-on-one, which, you know, Pat Peasen is, you know, he's up there in age already. His speed is probably not what it used to be. Um, but, you know, he still is, um, you know, nobody to be, you know, taken lightly, so to speak. Nope. And so, you know, I'm excited about what he can do also as a punt returner, kick returner. I know that that facet of the game is slowly being phased out. But, you know, with his speed and, you know, he claims that he has some pretty great uh, ball vision. And it kind of showed up where, you know, in his college tape, we just haven't seen it in the pros due to the injuries. And so if those things translate, uh, I think he's going to be a huge surprise for the Steelers. And and I think that there's a guy on defense that's going to be a surprise uh, that, you know, not many people are talking about and people are kind of counting him out. And that's going to be Levi Wallace. I think he's uh, he's a battle-tested guy. He was a walk-on in Alabama. He was an undrafted player and he has made himself a name and he has made himself a commodity out there as a cornerback. I feel that when you're that battle tested and you're that, uh, you know, have that much of a chip on your shoulder going into any aspect. Um, and he's been able to prove, prove that he is starter capable. I think he's going to do a fairly good job. Uh, Is he the future? No, he's not going to be the future, but I think he's going to be able to hold it down until the future is ready. And up until that point, I think this is going to be a good situation with iron sharpening iron. It's going to be a situation where he's going to elevate the young players beneath them. So that way, when they do overtake uh, his position or whatnot, it's it's a step up and not so much out of necessity or, you know, flip of a coin. I get the impression with Levi Wallace that not only he's a great fit for the Steelers culture, and I think Mm -hmm. he's going to be another really good mentor for these young guys. Mm-hmm. And I think that he will, is the kind of guy that even if he isn't a starter anymore, that I believe he's going to be quality depth. Mm-hmm. And I think he would, you know, his price would be in that right range to have his quality depth down the line. So I could see him being around Pittsburgh for a while because the one thing that guy, everybody counts him out. Mm-hmm. They counted him out as a walk-on in Alabama yeah. won national championships. They said yeah. he'll never make it as a free agent in the pros. And, you know, now he's a starter. So, yeah. as you said, he just knows how to play. He's football savvy, and he's a hard worker. And those guys have a habit of staying around. Um, we had uh, Aquatic Life was mm-hmm. agreeing with us and brought up somebody else that I wanted to mention, and Alan Robertson. This week, Alan Robertson is talking about the great connection that he has with Kenny Pickett. And Kenny Pickett, he mentioned it as well. And we know that a young quarterback loves that savvy veteran. He <laughs> loves that security blanket guy. I've said last year, I think it, Pat Fryermuth was becoming that yeah. for Kenny Pickett. But now he's got another one. And, you know, I was thinking, you know, uh, so many catches, 500 yards maybe five or six touchdowns, I'd be happy. But now, Robertson might bump that up a little bit, maybe 600, <laughs> 700. Because I do think that – and he's talking about it here these next five weeks. He's wanting to go to Jersey and get in some extra time with Pickett. Now, Pickett's getting married next week, I think it is. Right. Yeah, so yeah. Pickett's going to be a little bit busy. You know, let him get his <laughs> wedding, let him get his honeymoon, wherever they're going. And uh, then you can hit him up and – and maybe do some workouts. But I think it's going to be a little busy for a little while. But I love that enthusiasm yeah. from Robertson. So, um, I mean, it seems like they're building a connection. And uh, I don't really see Pickett having that with any of the other receivers. So, don't be shocked if Kenny Robert and Alan Robertson don't surprise us. That would be amazing. I, I think he has a capability of being a, um, a very – Jericho Cotri type of receiver, in my opinion, you know, what he was for like Ben Roethlisberger as that dependable guy, that, that security blanket, you know, the, the, the guy that you go to when you need, you know, seven yards and you know, he'll give Mm -hmm. you eight things of that nature. It's not going to be a, uh, uh, breakaway 
uh, slam dunk, you know, home run every time or majority of the time, but he's going to get you those gritty yards and, and, and be that guy for you. And I'm, I'm excited about it. As you said, and you was exactly right. If you hit Deontay Johnson with a five yard pass and you need six yards, he don't drive for that last yard. Usually no. I mean, it just doesn't happen. If you see Allen Robertson, the dude is, yeah. is a really a solid, strong six, two, you know, receiver who yeah. definitely puts his head down and drives from them final inches when they are needed. So, yeah, I, you know, I'm like you, I mean, as a young quarterback, I'm like, hey, we need that. I'm counting on that guy to go get it. And yeah. and like I said, maybe it'll help Deontay Johnson to have less targets but be used correctly right. to where he can run in space and get him the ball in space. So, again, I see possibilities where the whole offense, everybody can improve even if some people get a little less targets. 100%. 100%. And I think that this, you know, this receiving crew, I mean, they got everything. You know, you got a yeah. you got a route runner specialist in Deontay Johnson. You got a burner in Calvin in Calvin Austin. You have a contested catcher and and George Pickens and you have uh Robinson who's just an all-around good good receiver who's going to be dependable and, you know, be your guy when you need him. And so and I, I strongly think that this team has really put themselves in position to to be and to have a successful year to kind of just make it full circle. Yeah. Um, you know, for the Pittsburgh Steelers to have a successful year, I think they've put themselves in position to do so. And it doesn't hurt that the schedule isn't that daunting as it was last season. It's a little bit less um, strength-wise. It's not as strong. And so, you know, and then those things – you know, at this point don't mean anything, right? You know, yeah. teams can turn around as the season starts or whatever. But um, right now, I think things are looking promising and things are looking uh, in the right direction. Daniel, we got some breaking news, brother. What is the breaking news? Look at this. What? Now, if this is true, <laughs> if this is true, this is the ultimate commitment from uh, a Pickett and his wide receiver. And I guarantee you that Pickett's fiance is not happy. <laughs> but but just saying just saying uh you know I, I don't know if it's true or not but if it is what dedication and those are true pittsburgh Steelers right there yeah, i'll tell you what if robinson ends up catching the first touchdown pass of the year there has to be a wedding garter celebration or something exactly, like that. Exactly. <laughs> and, that, and that touchdown that'd be great i bet he um, catches the bouquet at the wedding he's catching everything man he's not <laughs> he's not gonna let anything fall he's gonna be <laughs> That security blanket. Well, I appreciate you, uh, Shannon. It was a great show. Do you have any final words before we let everybody go? No, it, it was just I was looking forward to it all day. And it was we've had a great show and a great uh, connection, uh, and everybody participating. I love that, and I appreciate it. And and it's good to have you back. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. It's good to be back. Thank you guys that have watched. If hit that like button on your way out. Hit that subscribe button if you're not already subscribed. Shannon, take us out. Woo! <laughs> there it is. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. 
See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.